you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Around the NFL podcast. Give zero about the new Star Wars. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? You didn't say what's up, boys. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. (laughs) Wow. Wow. (laughs) Off the rails already. Clean it up and post. Clean it up and post. What's up, everybody? I had nothing to do with that Star Wars drop, by the way, um, Mark. I mean, it's you know, it's nothing new. I know it's coming on that subject matter in this room. Well, you uh, did send out a tweet the other day, like, how many more years am I stuck with this Star Wars? But I wasn't trolling. I was actually curious how many more of these, and I was actually stunned to learn that. It will outlast you. It is. We are locked in because there's already been two in a row, and – there's one December, and then the next two years after that, and then perhaps more down the road. That's a lot. Well, I don't think Disney purchased it for the insane amount of money they did from Lucasfilm to pump out two or three movies and then just say, well, that was nice. I think they intend to like, cornerstone the entire franchise off of But the idea, license to print money. I kind of yeah. grew up in a world and things are changing where, all right, if you had a major franchise – Every two or three years, maybe a new one comes out. Now, this is a new realm. And and this is also this is what I was going to say to you downstairs, Mark. Fast and the Furious had their eighth movie. I There's no movie that it made a half a billion dollars globally. Uh, box office, $100 million here. There's no part of the zeitgeist that makes me feel more disconnected from people than Fast and the Furious. And then Star Wars, it doesn't help. I feel kind of out of the loop with that, too. So this back-to-back thing, I've never felt mm. more out of it. Like, has anyone, just by a show of hands, or maybe because it's an audio podcast, don't do that. 
(laughs) Have any of us seen any of the eight Fast and Furious movies? Zero. Not intentionally. Like maybe 10 minutes on TV, not intentionally. Okay. Greg? I've never seen one. I've never seen one. Sydney? (laughs) Uh, I've seen several. But we're in the minority. I was the only girl in my family growing up. Also, a couple times I got in for free because I worked at a movie theater, so... Okay. It's worth free. But you've, I mean, you're, I would you're the choose. average American where you've seen multiple Fast and the Furious films. Right. But it's not something I did willingly or. Right. I guess it's inescapable unless you you're have, on this podcast. You have some sort of anxiety about your disconnect. I would welcome you to join the disconnected side <laughs> yeah. of society and embrace it. It's true. It, yeah. It, I feel that same way on Masters weekend. That will, that will make How was your nap? Disconnected from <laughs> you, like everyone. Oh, can't can't wait to take our nap and just watch some Masters. At this point, even the NCAA tournament, I feel a little disconnected. I don't, it's not a good or bad feeling, but I think to your point, like Dan, I obviously grew up when Star Wars meant something different to me because I think a little bit older than you. Sure. It's the first movie my dad took me to. Was the first toys I collected. There's a lot more going. If you had no mean, if it had no meaning to you, and it's kind of dropped back in your life at age thirty something, I totally get your point of view. But in general, it's harder to escape all these things that are whether it's Masters Weekend or Fast and Furious Twenty Six or Star. Everything is coming at us nonstop now. You can't escape any of it. You have to turn off all channels, all social media outlets to get away from this stuff. It's how I feel about, uh, I mean, people who love cats or maybe hockey as an idea. Square dancing. <laughs> hockey is an idea. I mean, it's just that I have zero connection to you're hockey. Always, but you're other always... people love hockey, so good for them. I don't – it's good. I, I can understand. I just have zero yeah, yeah, yeah. connection yeah. to it. One thing you notice about grown-ups when you get older, we have some bizarre fascinations and interests. Everybody gets into their little niche hobbies and stuff, and it's like, <laughs> sure. oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about, like, moms that when you're young, you go into people's friends' houses, and the moms have all – turned kitchens into like a theme like item coca-cola whales there's a hundreds of Mickey whales Mouse. around the kitchen. little cats oh yeah. no offense Sid. damn hey Sid. <laughs> it wasn't the easter i was expecting didn't see you at the park what gives um fun fact i may be going after work so does wow that mean that this <laughs> this fun bit just <laughs> rushing down through rush hour traffic. I mean, how how would that po- how would you possibly deal with that traffic? Uh, oh, she'll deal. There's there's a light at the end of the tunnel, a bright oh light full God. of magic and happiness. I mean, it's it's a real <laughs> that thing. is. This is the Monday edition of the Around the NFL podcast, driven by Hyundai. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. A great show today. A lot to get to. Um, some big news uh, out there, uh, including. You know, whenever you can talk about Dino Blandino in a big spot, uh, when you can lead the news with the Dean Meister, uh, we're, uh, we're going to do it around these parts. He's probably you. hoping this is the last time we lead, lead the news with him because if it happens again in his next role, like something's probably He's gone Jerry wrong. Austin. If something's gone yeah. wrong. Uh, so anyway, we'll uh, do some news. We're also going to – the draft, by the way, is 10 days away now, just 10 days away from the 2017 NFL draft. So we will uh, – Take a look. Uh, Chris Wessling is in the process of writing a banger about uh, established uh, NFL players uh, who are trade bait uh, that could be tied into uh, trades that involve draft picks. It's a fun little exercise. So we all rubber stamped it, and away we go. That's how it works around here. Democracy. Also, you know, I mean, a great idea in its own right, but you know, we're kind of, run out of running out of ideas at this point. <laughs> Draft's got to get here. Got to get here. 
so yeah, that's today's show. And uh, Sid, I think why don't we get into it? Let's do a little bit of news. How fun! Just turn around and look, you dingus. Actually, the lead the lead news, by the way, is actually I'm gonna you know what I'm gonna save it. You're gonna bury the lead. Bury the lead. The old Barry Lee. Let's start with Dino Blandino, uh, who is the, on the, N- edge of my seat. the NFL Senior Vice President of Officiating. Uh, he is leaving the gig uh, for a network television position, according to a memo that was ob- obtained by Rap Sheet and Aditi Kinkabwala. Uh, this, I don't know where he's going. CBS makes a lot of sense. He's not going to Fox. Because Mike Pereira is in that position. No, the, the reports is are is he is going. It's Fox. Fox. It, they're doubling up. It's they're oh. they're, they're basically cornering the right, right. Wow, that is Brady a power and move. Garoppolo. That's what they're doing here. So what is it? Their number one and number two teams are going to have like a. They're going to play off each other. That's pretty good. That's a nice job. Well, I also was thinking like in the playoffs when Pereira's in one place, Blandino's in another. They do when All he the, travels. But they never have prayer. They don't travel, don't they? In the playoffs, the- in the playoffs, they have him travel. You're in the regular season. He's he's in the studio. So I don't know what they're gonna do. Maybe they'll send one out on the road, and Pereira stays out. Pereira gets yeah. earlier to his Tito's and. Uh, yeah, he loves Tito's, which I I respect him about that. Now, but the big news, I guess, from an NFL standpoint, and it did make some waves, is that Blandino uh, has obviously a big role in that room, that command center uh, for replay, and and him leaving for a TV job. Um, right after the owners voted to expand uh, the powers of the instant replay command center, uh, left some people scratching their heads, and I guess he maybe kind of irked some people. And I even saw something out there that maybe the owners wouldn't have voted that way if they if they would have known that Blandino was uh, missing or leaving, uh, to which I will say, Chris Wessling, if it was that much tied into Dean Blandino, you should have never voted anyway in favor of this. They should have someone else that's competent that can handle these duties. Well, I think they like Dean Blandino because he's been pretty good on television. He's good at explaining things, even things he might not believe in. He explains pretty well. Al Riveron is his first lieutenant. Nobody's ever seen him on television, so I think he's a complete unknown in that area. And coaches, you know, according to this Albert Breer article that he wrote about, you know, coaches and front office people often kind of, you know, went into a lot of conversations with Blandino hot under the collar, and he talked him down. He was good at communicating. I don't know. It shouldn't be that big of a deal, though. I I also thought this this change in the rule isn't that big of a change from what it was before. Essentially, that room was already deciding. It's just making it a little more official, making it a little cleaner. I mean – we can re- if we can replace, you know, we're going to be OK. We can replace Dean Blandino. Everybody calm down a little bit. I mean, I think part of the news is that the Peter King wrote an MMQB part on this, how well, a friend of Blandino said that he's 45, he's married, he has two children under five, he probably didn't want to work 80 hours a week. This is really good for him. Another friend said that he long fancied himself a future TV guy. So they kind of, there must have someone who was close to him. People even inside the NFL must have known he was not potentially for long but they didn't tell the owners this. They didn't make that clear to any of them, and the, ha- the timing is Anybody that's going to get on Blandino in a, a serious way needs to really reevaluate themselves. Um, but I will say this. You know, daddy values sleep. I get that. I get this whole thing. Daddy is the father of a two-and-a-half-year-old and a five-month-old. You being the daddy. And daddy, when he's trying to sleep on – 
Friday morning before, you know, right around when the sun's coming up because he's got a big day ahead of him, is getting a breaking text alert on my phone telling me that someone at my company (laughs) handed in their two-week notice. Let's calm down a little bit with the breaking news that the guy in the command center is taking another job. Let's calm down. Can I give you my my macro view on this? Yeah. On one hand, your sport is so healthy, it's so prosperous, that a network feels compelled to put two people in a booth to explain (laughs) what's going on. On the other hand, your rules are so esoteric, Mm. so arcane, that you need to hire two people to explain them to other human beings watching your game. Maybe have better rules. That's fair. How about the daddy thing, Mark? Could not agree more. I mean, I thought you were going down the road of this guy – Blandino moving away from an 80-hour t- week job to something that's kind of like he says he gets to be home every day, kind of chill with his kids, have a low-pressure scenario. Daddy likes the idea of all of that too. Is Daddy ever coming back? <laughs> you could, you know, or you soon could, Daddy won't be a Daddy anymore. You, you, you can know there's two roads here. You could put the phone, you know, put the phone away. I mean, you know, what do you want from me? I got the phone by my side. I don't have a landline. Moving on. The Carolina Panthers did some business on Monday, signing started defensive tackle Kwan Short to a five-year deal, according to the team's uh, official site. Rap Sheet reported the pact is worth $80.5 million with $35 million guaranteed. Uh, Short gets $40 million over the first two years. That's $16 million uh, a season. And I'll tell you, this is the uh, – this you got to – when you look at these contracts – what the agent's looking for. Look at the names that are attached to it in the similar uh, neighborhood. Marcel Darius, Ndamukong uh, Sue, Fletcher Cox. Uh, it's a lot of money. Um, Greg, is it worth that type? Is he worth that type of investment? K1 Short. Uh, he's $40 million over the next two years is significantly more than Aaron Rodgers and some other quarterbacks make. Which is, it's not a totally fair comparison because they have signing bonuses at the front of their deal. But that is intense. That said, he's a top five defensive tackle. Why have they been saving up money, cap room, which they have plenty of? Why didn't they sign Josh Norman? It should be to keep your best players. And Kwan Short is the best Panther uh, there is other than Cam Newton. So it's fine. It's just the going rate, and these prices are going to keep going up and up. And uh, he turned into a great, great pick by Dave Gettleman, a pick that a lot of people criticized at the time. They said he had inconsistent effort. He was kind of a boom or bust guy. People thought they even reached for him, even in the middle of the second round, and he's turned into a star. It's hard to find an impact front seven player after the first round. And Gettleman did. He found him in the second round. You're right. His he was his motor was questioned coming out, but he's been their outside of Keekley, he's been their best defensive player. Do we still think this front seven is what it's been before that it can be? It well, wasn't last year, but I like what they've done this offseason by bringing in Peppers, by re-signing Addison. They're pretty deep. Uh, Starload Lele will be in a contract year. You know, maybe trying to play for that money. That's not how you say it. Yeah, how do you say it? I think you just hope Luke Keekley stays healthy, that he doesn't have any more concussions because on paper, this is one of the best front sevens in the league. They drafted Vernon Butler to kind of fill in there, so that that's a nice rotation. I mean, Short, who started off a little slow last year, finished very strong, and he's been sensational the last two years. In uh, fiction or reality news, 
Tom Savage reported uh, to the Texans. Tom Savage is real. Off-season workouts on Monday, uh, which started for teams. Um, and, you know, he's very excited with the opportunity. Now that Brock Osweiler has been moved to Cleveland, now Tony Romo has moved to uh, Phil Simms' old neighborhood, uh, and Savage said he believes it's going to be a fun and peaceful QB room. Uh, I don't, what does that mean, Mark? I don't even know what that means. I, <clears throat> to me, I wonder if it's it kind of a shot on Brock Osweiler because by the end of last year in Houston, Osweiler, who's the pressure was on him, is getting into verbal and nearly physical altercations with the head coach. That had to have been bubbling up for months and months as his season was melting down. You remove him and... You know, also Tom Savage today has no ostensible, you know, competition. That's going to change. That's going to change. But right now, yes, it's peaceful. Will it be Tom Savage that's starting to be upset about things about a month from now, possibly? I mean, that was that was a sign that there was drama, which we heard about, and that maybe it affected the rest of the team. And Osweiler and O'Brien, this was a problem the whole time. I watched this press conference, and Savage was a little bit of ornery like he it was a little bit ornery huh a little bit defensive and you know maybe i ornery man talks about peaceful locker room <laughs> yeah maybe maybe i would be too because i think he believed after 3 years in the league and a couple starts that he had gotten past this whole question of whether he was a real person or not like he yeah. like it, you know, there was that big theory that he was just a figment of the draft industrial complex, kind of a, 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 a dream of Gil Brandt's and not a real human being, but he's still holding on to this. I'm going out there to play for everybody in that locker room and everybody who believes in me. Tom Savage is real. Tom Savage is real. Tom Savage is real. I mean, the day after, <laughs> the day after Easter – when I got some pointed questions about who put the eggs where for my daughter, and she was questioning, you know, the legitimacy of already of, uh, the Easter Bunny and and whatnot. For coach, you could you could see you could see that Tom, you know, Tom Savage is still struggling with that. What Greg, are her thoughts on Tom Savage? Greg's daughter is a contrarian at an early age. <laughs> that is early for her to be asking big questions like that. She's like four, right? Well, she she's five, but she figured out like how do you know where the eggs are? Mm. But that's. Yeah. You know what? That's so funny you bring that up because the same thing happened in my backyard yesterday. Uh, my friend and his family came over, and they have a five-year-old son. who said, where are the eggs? And I said, they're here. They're in the backyard. And he says, I don't see them. I said, oh, actually, because Jack's uh, – he was taking a nap at the time. I said, uh, until Jack wakes up, only uh, grown-ups can see the eggs. The, the Easter bunny makes eggs wow. visible to children. But, I mean, that's – but this is the type of bullshit. <laughs> How long, did he fall that? Did that hold of course it? they did. And kids believe anything. They're, you're stupid kids. They're dumb. Yeah, well, my children. Not they, Greg's kid. No, I mean all kids that is are stupid. Different. Let's I mean, be honest. My two are they're six and four, and all they knew was that the eggs contain candy. They were not asking deeper questions about the origin <laughs> or who put them there or anything. I think yeah. she saw like a Rite Aid uh, little sticker on one of them. See, you got to be better than that, though. Mm. You got to be better than that. <laughs> what do you got? What do you got Rite Aid stickers on the Easter eggs for? On the uh, on the. The, you know, the bunny candy. Come on. Mm. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> My point being is she's a very like precocious, sweet girl. Yes. She's going to be asking questions. Well, but if you just feed her a good line, she's just going to roll with it probably. Most kids. She, she'll, she'd be the type she pretends to roll with it, but she already knew. She already wow. knew. Wow. Mm. You got your hands full.
<laughs> Got a little female Greg on your hands. Uh, let's move on. Talk about Andrew Luck. <laughs> female Greg. I mean, I I mean, if we're if we're gonna be real about it, I I feel a closer connection and that to my no, daughter. No is- person is more like me on this planet than than Ellis, which makes some sense. Mm, yeah, gotcha. she's gonna be a pain in the ass. Nobody more prepared to deal with her than you. What a battle that's going to be once she I gets guess. to her team. I guess. Or it's going to be like, Ooh. this is what I have wrought. All the <laughs> terrible things about – no, not terrible. All the you know, things about myself that are difficult that I made on my parents, it's coming back at me. Can you even imagine like a 16-year-old female version of Greg against like 50-year-old Greg? Like, oh. What a battle. Fascinating to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get cameras in the house for that. Wow. And and your wife is gonna have a front row, row seat for all of it. She's got an answer, like it or not. She does. I mean, Alice has an answer for everything. Uh, let's talk about Andrew Luck, uh, who revealed during a meet and greet with reporters on Monday uh, that his January shoulder surgery originated from an early season injury suffered in 2015. Odd. It originally occurred a couple years ago against the Tennessee Titans, and we sort of sat down after that year and and, and felt like. Rehab was the way to go, and I think that was the absolute correct decision. We did some awesome things, and then, uh, you know, this this year happened, obviously, and, and what transpired through this year, and sat down after this year and decided that, you know what, maybe it was you know, time to time to do surgery on it. Mark, does this surprise you that he hurts himself in, what, late September, early October 2015, and he has surgery a year? Was this handled correctly, you think? Well, I couldn't know. I mean, he went out of his way to say – the training staff couldn't have done more. It couldn't have been more collaborative. And then I, you know, we went out as a team and a player to get all the information one year later. I agree with what Wes basically said the minute this news hit was that you could tell all along it was something wasn't right with him. And he basically said that much last training camp that, that he didn't want to say it outright, but he's not been healthy since essentially the start of week three, 2015. Yeah, I have theorized since that, early 2015 season that Luck was playing injured with an arm, a throwing arm injury, and I've been waiting for the smoking gun. It finally arrived today in him admitting that it was an injury that eventually necessitated surgery. And, I, and look, he was on the injury report most of last year with the shoulder right. injury, missed a lot of practice. And one thing I got from Jim Irsay's comments uh, a few weeks ago on Luck was how much Luck went through all of last year when he played well. For the most part, it was a good year for Andrew Luck, but that it was a real struggle to get him ready for some of those games last year. So you would you would hope it's a big risk that he that he comes back and he's you know good to go for week one. But you would hope this leads to a, a better Andrew Luck. This is what Jim Mercer said in London uh, last year, uh, three months uh, after Luck signed the biggest contract in NFL history. There isn't some kind of chronic shoulder injury or anything like that. I promise you there are no surgeries planned. He is fine, and the shoulder is something that just disappears into the woodwork when he wins his next MVP or when he wins the Super Bowl. I cannot shake the feeling that the Colts are a mess. I know. I know. I don't like the use of the word I promise you when he was we're ultimately high lying. Yeah, I know, Wes, you said you've been liking some of the moves that the Colts are making, and, and maybe maybe this surgery will be a success and he'll be the Andrew Luck of old. I don't know. I just this, Something about this organization spooks me. I'd take this team still. I think they might uh, – I don't know. Just because they have Andrew Luck and they have a passing game I believe in, I still kind of give them the edge over that division. 
Let's see what happens. Assuming it's Andrew Luck. Assuming it's Andrew Luck. Uh, see what happens in the draft, but I, I always find the Colts pretty interesting. Uh, let's move on and talk about Brandon Albert, uh, the Jaguars, another team that began their offseason workouts today. Brandon Albert not in the building. Rap Sheet reported Monday morning that Albert was not present at the team meet, first team meeting, and the lineman is holding out for a new contract. Uh, this is the same Albert uh, that was acquired from the Dolphins this offseason ex- in exchange for a seventh-round pick. He's 32. He signed a five-year, $47 million deal in 2014. Uh, it's not a holdout <laughs> because it's not Campy. It's, it's not mandatory practices, uh, but this is the news cycle of April 16th, so some people are going to make more than this uh, than what it really is. I think in football, more than any sport, the beat writers are complicit in doing the coaches' bidding for them, and that's why you see stories like this that a guy is holding out of something voluntary, which makes no semantical sense whatsoever. We should, cha- we should change the wording on NFL.com then. I thought the same thing, Greg. Which I did. That used to be an editorial um, edict that we had. Don't use the word holdout for these things because he, he's just trying to get it's mid, it's the middle of April. They'll work it out. He's sitting out. Well, he went he's to Jacksonville get... with the understanding that they would look at his contract and potentially redo it. And that just hasn't happened yet. Moving on. Roddy White's done. Well, we knew he was done, but now it's official that he's done uh, just about one year after he was cut by the Atlanta Falcons. He announces retirement in a series of tweets thanking uh, the owner, the org- organization, uh, Falcons organization, the city of Atlanta. Uh, this ends a great career for a, a guy who's a 27th overall pick in 2005, 2005, finished with over 800 catches, more almost 11,000 yards, 63 touchdowns. Uh, 171 games over 11 seasons, was a first first team All-Pro once, had 115 catches one year. I mean, this guy was a stud, Wes. Where do you put him, rank him uh, in top top 10 receiver of the last 15 years? Is he that good, top 20? He's going to end up, in my opinion, just below Chad Johnson in the Hall of Very Good. Mm. And when you look at football careers, this is such a hard sport. He played 11 years. He was really good for six of them. He could have been a Pro Bowl in all six of those seasons. And he had five years where he was kind of like a net minus for the Falcons. Five years? Five years. The first first two of his career and the last three of his career. Okay. Well, he was – yeah, he was someone – a good warning to not call guys bust too early in their career. He was a guy who got killed for the drops that he had earlier in his career. Couldn't – couldn't really catch on. And then he turned out to be one of the most fun players to watch because of his toughness. I mean, it's funny that early in his career he was knocked for drops because when I think of Roddy White, I think of how many tough catches he made after the catch in the middle of the field. Like, just you always got a, a lot of effort out of Roddy White. So, you know, he was fun. fun guy. Can't help but think, though, that for either younger Falcons fans or people that don't want to remember his entire career that he's also remembered for when he finally left. <laughs> they signed Mohamed Sanu and Taylor Gabriel and the offense blows up. The that, last couple years in Atlanta were not, he he felt like he was there a little bit too long in Atlanta. Yes, he was kind of a great example of a veteran who ends up hanging on too long and then gets cranky at the very end and becomes more of a, a pain than a help. Uh, in other retirement news, Andre Johnson, uh, who was out of football was he out of football last year entirely? I know that he went to the Colts, and then he, I think. He retired. 
Well, he signed a one-day contract. He signed a one-day contract <laughs> to retire formally with the Texans. Just wanted to throw that in there. I mean, if we're talking about Roddy White and Andre Johnson is doing some type of retirement stuff. Got to put him in there. Jay probably go to the Hall of Fame. My memory is often cloudy, but he retired in October. He <laughs> said, I'm retired. Oh, yeah. We did a whole show on it. I think now. I mean, not the whole show, but we well, did a whole Well, you don't get to come thing. out like in April when you've already retired and say, hey, I'm retiring. Well, and just hope everybody forgot it so you can get <laughs> double the acronym. Well, what are, you know, what are the, t- the Texans need something. He's the he's literally the greatest player in their history. Am I wrong? Is there a greater tech Houston Texan well, of all time? J.J. Watt's going to be right re- Well, but so him. far, he's certainly the greatest to retire. So, you know, you let him have his little. I mean, they just had a Josh Scobie press conference for crying out loud. When I, reti- <laughs> when I retire in 40 to 50 years. I'm going to then retire again and then hold a press conference at the ShopRite of Pearl River, which is the place I first worked. You're not retiring for 50 years. Well, hey, listen, I'm going to save it for the politics podcast, but what's going on with our Social Security (laughs) situation? You know, am I going to be taken care of the way prior generations were? Save for the economics podcast. We're going to give you a Jordan Gross-like (laughs) send-off. Complete with slideshows. Uh, Barbershop quartet involved. <laughs> my favorite ever. And finally, the news: the Lions um, unveiled new uniforms. Uh, they brought. Let's see what they did. Um, they got. There's no black. I hate the black. Um, what do they call those? The alternative jerseys. The alters. They brought some a, a grayish color, which I like. Dark steel gray, which is technically called. Let me get this name. Right. Like, so I've never heard of this word before. Anthracite. Anthracite. Weird. All right. I'll anyway. accept Heard it. That I don't word. know. The only issue I had with the uniform and, and and the Browns went down this road and I didn't like it then where they put Browns uh, uh, down the side of the leg. Now we have lions in text across the sleeve. Um, Shaq happened to be in the newsroom when I wrote this and he gave me uh, he gave me a quote. Why does the sleeve have to say the team name like nobody knows who they are? Well, I'll say like Dave. Why does the sleeve have to... Why does the sleeve have to say the team name like nobody knows who they are? That says self-esteem issues, fella. I get where Dave's coming from with that one. I mean, I couldn't agree more that that should not be a trend. Um, I just wish the NFL would allow some of these teams, because this has been a – I'd say 80% of the uniform changes, Lions excluded, have been kind of disastrous over the last – since we've been doing this podcast. I mean, the Jaguars, I'm not a huge fan of that. The Bucks. A lot of times we don't want to even watch the Bucks. The Browns was a major misstep. This five-year waiting period, and I'm going to keep banging this drum, you gotta, you got to reduce this. If you make a mistake and your team doesn't look good and you say you have a ha- you're stuck in this situation on top of your own issues as a, as a, as a roster for five years, you gotta, I understand you can't do it every year. Move that down to two seasons. If you really make a misstep, allow that team so to get out of it. Maybe every, every team gets one mulligan. every, Or call it a mulligan every decade. Why is this so hard? I mean, the the best uniforms are the ones that always stay the same. Quit tinkering. Yeah, find a good one and stay with it. You're right. The five year thing is crazy. I mean, we could we could leave this office right now, walk two blocks down, and go buy some guns. You know, like I could go have my daughter go buy some guns. Maybe my how are you going to bring? If I have any pets, you, know, you don't have to wait at all. You got to wait five years for a uniform change. Greg. <laughs> Save it for the gun control podcast. <laughs> it's like, how is he bringing this back to the Lions uniforms? The gun shop across the street. There, that, is, there, there really is a gun shop across the street. Oh, that I part remember when they're historical. Yeah. It's been around for decades. You can buy swords yeah. there, too. Yeah. It's not a joke. It's a real place. And it has lines hardcore. formed out of it on Saturday morning if you drive, if you buy there. Slightly disturbing. Mm. 
That's what's happening in the news. What's the first thing you put on and the last thing you take off? Drillies. Someone got to answer. It's going to be your underwear, Greg. Thank you. We got to get through this read. I said drillies. What's that? Underwear. Drillies? Yeah, you can put on your drillies. That's news to me. What is MeUndies? I'll tell you that. I can tell you that. Don't know what drillies are. I know what MeUndies are. Oh. Just seriously soft, feel-good undies delivered right to your door. MeUndies are designed in L.A. and made from sustainably sourced micro... Modal. They fabric three times softer than cotton. MeUndies softer than soft. Lugs undies come in an ever-changing selection of classic colors, bold shades, and adventurous patterns so you can tailor your undies to your own personal style. <laughs> they sent us all panda bear undies, so that was not catered to our style. Speak but, for yourself. You know, freeze. <laughs> I know. I, I don't know if we could share the conversation we had before the pod started. I just think they're fantastic underwear. They are softer than any other pair of underwear I own. Put it this way. Mark said the underwear made him look very masculine. Well, I didn't say that. Inside my house, someone else said that to me. So. Wow. A masculine wow. And it was not either of my children, yeah. thankfully. <laughs> or your wife. Well, it was my wife. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> Please. Looking good there, Pop. <laughs> no. What? Greg, you know what? We just spent about an hour honoring your child. That's not how my children will be characterized on the show. Thank you. Honoring. <laughs> and guess what? <laughs> what? You can save time and money each month with a monthly subscription. And if you're not ready for a subscription, that's okay. You can still save. That's because MeUndies is offering you 20% off your first pair. Just use our special URL, MeUndies.com slash NFL2017, and get 20% off your first pair. So go ahead, revamp your underwear drawer. You know you deserve it. Once again, that's MeUndies.com slash NFL2017. MeUndies.com slash NFL2017. Still, by the way, a group offered. Co- well, on that on that exact note, got a an email from Mr. F. You can see here today, where he basically said, "The last thing I want to do for you guys is when it comes to your sponsorship, right? You have got to break down these these codes to get this underwear. Show them that if you tell the Around the NFL podcast listeners buy this underwear, start subscribing to this, that you've got a reach that is." Unbelievable. And I'm not even side. saying compared to the other shows, but show what you can do. We have Mr. F, and he is a bit of a legend on the show, uh, but in all seriousness, he is an economics yes, teacher, he is. and that's where he's coming from on this. We'll have to talk to a shadowy league figure about this because the more I think about it, the more it, it annoys me. It is annoying. I didn't even need to, need to think about it a lot. It annoyed me from the jump. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's uh, move on and uh, – Oh, man. The draft is 10 days away, and it's not just 10 days away. There's something else going on with the draft this year. Wes? It's outside! <laughs> so, as you, as everyone knows that listens to the show, we're incredibly excited about just the, 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 the hyper-specifics of the event, starting with its location. Uh, but there's also a lot to be intrigued with about the actual draft. Uh, Do you know how many things could go wrong when you have an event outside? Rain, sleet, snow, earthquake, earthquake, superstorm, airplane crash. (laughs) It's true. A total national tragedy. Look look into the history of circuses at the turn of the century. You got a fire hazard waiting to happen, too. So you want to go outside? Well, you better be ready to hang some serious onions. 
Save it for the uh, turn of the century circus podcast. <laughs> anyway, so with the draft coming up, uh, which is outdoors, uh, a part of uh, the trade, um, uh, a part of the draft is the trades that happen. And that's what one of the funny things about mock drafts is that people obsess over them. And then the draft day comes and two or three trades happen. It blows apart all these theories about how teams will, uh, will, will, will behave come draft day. So Chris Wessling is in the process of writing a likely banger, put it that way, um, about he has a breakdown of 10 different names, ranked 1 to 10, uh, uh, players that are real trade bait this time of year, which, you know, players that can teams can take some of their vets and spin them uh, to better draft positioning or entire new picks and all that fun. And, uh, Wes, since you will be writing this piece, who do you want to start talking about? Well, I have them listed in most likely to be traded at the top of the list to least likely to be traded at the bottom of the list. Makes sense. Everybody knows Marshawn Lynch is going to be traded, right? It sounds like it. The second most likely guy, in my opinion, is a Jets star, Sheldon Richardson. Mm. What are you hoping to get in return for him, Dan? I, I'm, I, I'm not like stupid enough or silly enough to think that they can get a first-round pick, and it doesn't sound like they're going to get a second-round pick. So I've now reached the point where I'm hoping a mid-round pick in an ideal world, a third-round pick, and if that if that's not offered. I stick with Sheldon Richardson and then see how this year plays out and re- and and see Mo Wilkerson's money isn't guaranteed after this year. P- let it play out a little bit. But third round pick is probably what I would take at this point. He's like a souped up Timmy Jernigan okay. who just got traded for like 20 spots in the draft. Right. So that would indicate that a third round pick would be difficult because you're not just trading for Sheldon Richardson. You're trading for Sheldon Richardson at one year, eight million dollars. It's not cheap. You're and you're paying them at a two suspensions at a top shelf defensive lineman rate just for one year too. No guarantee past that. What if a smart team picked him up for one year at eight million, got Pro Bowl level play out of him, and then let him walk and picked up a compensatory pick at around the same level? I don't think it's a crazy idea to trade a fourth round. I would trade a fourth round pick for one year of Sheldon Richardson for sure. But would you want to be you want to be a competitive team at that point then? Because I you know, it's got to be frustrating for the Jets who have talked about tr- potentially you know there's been talks about maybe moving Richardson the last off season and this off season that he really burnt his own value last year by being a bit of a head case too and he's got all this off the field play stuff. well either so it's last like year. he he you know that th- this was a quest by the Jets he's done them no favors but it's still still I I like him in number two that it's very possible here's here's the problem too he is has been a bit of a head case and has had the suspensions but he was being played out of position last year and the Jets have to rectify that if they can't get, if they have to I don't want them settling for thirty cents on the dollar on this if they can't get any real value and they're talking about a a day three draft pick. I say just hold on to him and see how he comes back next year. That's wasn't this guy? Wasn't his effort questioned? And then he called out Brandon Marshall for some things like Marshall and Richardson were in a blood war in the locker room last year, and Marshall's gone and Richardson's being shopped. So you could read into that however you want. Didn't but, he have a text or or some tweet or messaging about not even trying that hard at late late in the year as well? It was a, a strange Snapchat on another player's device where he was said he was looking forward to. Well, he was saying. It was something like F this game, but he, he said it was like F this guy, and he was referring like a reply. You know, I don't know. 
I'm on momentum. It's messy. I can't even keep up with this I'm stuff. Not on momentum. <laughs> it was some type of Snapchat minutia that he got. He thought was uh, he was unfairly maligned. I mean, the crazy thing is, after his second season, we would have ranked him as one of the most valuable defensive line contracts in the NFL. And by what the way, what more would you rather have than Sheldon Richardson, kind of coming off that great second year? Mark's great fear of like players leaving and becoming great elsewhere. I know that's going to happen to Sheldon Richardson if he gets his head on straight and gets to play in the right position. If he goes to Oakland where, where he could fit in nicely with the team. You mean they're not going to make him a 300-pound linebacker? <laughs> right. <laughs> they need to – the Jets need to figure – they got to get rid of one of these guys, and I'm talking about Wilkerson or Richardson. And I wouldn't rule out them thinking about Wilkerson as that guy. They had this amazing line, year. and now they keep – it's like Snacks is gone. Now you got to get rid of one of Wait. these two. You're going to get to the point where you don't – What were they, the sons of anarchy? Oh, yeah. Harrison, Wilkerson, ago. and Richardson. What a oh. run it was. What a special time it was. Yeah. <laughs> you still yeah. got Lenny Williams, though. Yeah. He's not a son. Yeah. He's the type of guy teams should be going after because he's done it. There, You don't need to project whether he can be a good NFL player. He has been. Well, you have Richard Sherman third on this list. Uh, that, I'm surprised. Is that going to happen? So that means you mean you're saying by number three, you feel like he will probably be traded. There's a decent chance to you, more than decent chance. I feel like three through six on this list are all kind of like 45% chance they get traded. Hmm. Slightly less than 50%. The, not, the rare 45-55 split <laughs> offered up by Wes here. Well, if all six were traded, that would be quite an active draft. Michael Kendrick should probably be higher. I just don't know if anybody will give up much for him. Which is a surprise because just a couple of years ago, guys were talking about him being one of the best, you know, four or three linebackers in the NFL. And then they went to a different defense and now he doesn't fit. But Michael Kendricks, he's got some here. upside too. Maybe I'll move him up to three by the time I publish. I, I think that makes sense just because they really don't have a spot for him and they seem to want to trade him and, and like Richardson, but certainly at a lower level. Like he's he's shown he's a good NFL player and he's not old. Malcolm Butler here at four below Sherman. So now you're kind of – is the conventional wisdom now that he stays? His restricted tender is due to be signed at the end of this week. He is not at voluntary practice. He's at, What's the Patriots' er, er, incentive for out, trading him? I don't think they have a great one unless it's a really good offer. So I think if I were the Patriots, I would just keep him. What about if one of these – Bill Barnwell had an interesting mock draft where it was it, every single – Entry made a major trade, and there was a huge three-way trade between the Patriots, the Browns, and the Saints that ended up with Malcolm mm-hmm. Butler finally ending up in New Orleans. Like maybe it needs to be more than just a simple, you know, pick for Malcolm Butler type. Barnwell actually wrote that piece at the Browns complex in his office. Apparently, <laughs> you don't see too many three-way <laughs> trades in the NFL. No, but it was a fun read. You have at number six Alfred Morris, which is I forgot Alfred Morris existed. So it's good to see him He's just, just back on, on here the for grid. clicks. Oh, he's uh, clicking. Yeah, he's just on here for click. Get a bag of spoons for him. Just name name players on the list, you know? The (laughs) Cowboys are shopping him. There was a report in early March that they're trying to get something for him. They re-signed Darren McFadden to be Zeke Elliott's backup. So they're – Alfred Morris probably will not be on the Cowboys roster, whether that's by release or trade. Can he play? I thought he looked really good in preseason in the first few weeks last year. I just think it was a bad fit. When you take Zeke off the field, you probably want a change of pace guy or a guy who's really good in the passing game. And Alfred Morris is really – he needs the ball 250 times. It would be good for him to go somewhere else, he too. Needs, yeah, he needs a change of scenery for sure. 
I mean, he's yeah, he's not good in the passing game. I'm not. I don't think they can get anything for him. Not even like uh, a, uh, like between the tackles. Not even running. like a, a Lendale White. We move up ten spots and you move yeah. down ten. How about spots? like a subscription yeah. to People Magazine? Is I that still like, around? <laughs> I feel like people would rather have a fifth round draft pick than Alfred Morris. No, that's true. To answer your question, Wes, People Magazine is still around. They published a story on their website that um, said that I was the owner of the Patriots. Really? Well, yeah. I can't so have... the ed- they have no editorial board, but they're publishing stories. So they're on the way down. Oh, wait, that was Entertainment Tonight. I apologize, <laughs> people. people. Wow. Hey, people of people. I'm sorry. I'm not singling out people. I'm just surprised that magazines exist in 2017. All right. Not, not as much. I just, I just um, – <laughs> <laughs> looked up people.com just to confirm. You know, it's always good to have a second source. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit of breaking news here. Ooh. <laughs> Brad Pitt keeps it casual during rare sighting outside his art studio in L.A. Ooh. Wow, that's story. on oh. the lead, lead of That's people. their com. featured story. <laughs> that's essentially, in their world, that's like Jimmy G getting traded right now. <laughs> People, come back to us. I mean, well, I you get want it. them to be reported. That feels right in their wheelhouse. Brad Pitt's clothing. But scenario. doesn't that feel like uh, maybe bottom of the stack, like best case scenario, top headline piece, but the featured story on the above the fold? You want like Zach Efron in like mm. insane breakup with Fiery X? <laughs> well, I think like this is the. Editor makes you write about Tebow portion mm. of their website. I think maybe the, the writer should have turned down. That feels like the entire, you know, publication. Right. Yeah. Maybe the writer has some editorial leverage of his own where he could just say, "Look, I'm not writing about Brad Pitt's clothes today." I mean, in in their defense, they they have a picture along with it, and yeah, he kept it pretty casual. I um, <laughs> I have some more um, breaking news. <laughs> and if right. anyone's interested, okay. Again, reading their headline, she's back. Allison Sweeney is returning to Days of Our Lives. Well, I know that I can breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> Legend. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, here's so you have three quarterbacks at the bottom of this list, Wes: AJ McCarron, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins. Mark, I'll ask you. Put them in order from most likely to be traded in the next ten days to least likely. Well, I can't disagree with what Wes has put here. I think that A.J. McCarron, it sounds like the Bengals would potentially be open to that. And Jimmy G sounds like it would be ultra expensive and the Patriots aren't particularly interested in doing it. And Kirk Cousins is staying in Washington. you got to convince me otherwise. So I, he had him 7, 8, and 10. I like what he had at number 9, too. I, I, ha- I get the sense the Bengals overvalue McCarron to such an extent that he's not going to be traded. And every reporting from every reporter is that Garoppolo is simply not on the market. I mean, we, we're either because there was a certain point where you were skeptical of if the Patriots were just sort of playing this as a game. But now I think we've reached the point where if he was traded, we'd all be surprised. This is like people are we've bought this. I've bought it personally that. They really just aren't going to trade. Well, doesn't it feel like Cleveland's – I mean, who knows what's happening behind the scenes, but there's no smoke there either. They've kind of gone quiet on that on their side. Rap Sheet's latest reporting on this issue is that the Browns have made it clear they intend to make one last run at Jimmy Garoppolo, but they're not holding out a lot of hope. Can someone fill me in on why A.J. McCarron would be a hot property for anyone? 
What, what did I, I think notice he would something? fit. He would fit potentially in Cleveland, not as a I don't think a long term answer, but he knows Hugh Jackson's offense. They like each other, and so there's that. Yeah. That well, that's should the Browns I, be looking for a long term answer? Yeah, I, I think well, the answer is Cody Kessler and Tom Savage is why AJ McCarron might appeal to some people, hmm. and maybe this year's class of quarterbacks. Unless you're in love with one of them, you he, don't. He showed some more. things. I mean, McCarron had a decent little run, like a game and a half. And since you, we uh, brought well, and so did Jimmy G. Well, Jimmy G. had a spectacular game and a half. I mean, McCarron started what six games? And he played for a while. Did not play with that well in that playoff. Karen looked like a high end backup. Jimmy G looked like when he played, he looked like a top ten quarterback. Well, and that's why Jimmy G, when you talk about coming back to New England with another offer, you you're gonna have to blow them away. And that's why I don't think New England can completely close the door because this is ex- this is the best thing in the world for them. What if you come back with something you never you thought you would get for a guy that has the same agent as Tom Brady? And probably doesn't want both of them on the roster next year. So after this season, so you're not necessarily going to keep Jimmy G unless you choose to franchise him, which is incredibly expensive. The agent is Don Yee, correct? Oh, boy. Hey, Don. <laughs> <laughs> no, we want a cookbook, we, right? We wanted a cookbook. Yeah. Well, hey, Don. How hard is this? Hey, Don. Hey, buddy. You got a good life. Uh, Tom Brady is your number one client. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get a hundred million dollars in a couple of years. How about you send a cookbook to the around the NFL team? Send it over to Mark Sessler. He's been looking for it. Nobody will get back to him on it. The guy just wants a cookbook, the Tom Brady cookbook that's 200 bucks. Just send it to us, and, and Mark will talk about the cookbook. And there's your promotion in, in, in lieu of $200. Support Mark's health. Pretty easy arrangement for him, I believe. Seems like a reasonable request. Don. Got a bunch of them sitting around in plastic. If anyone's listening to this podcast that knows Don Yee, Please let him know that the Around the NFL podcast is nicely asking for one of Tom Brady's stupid cookbooks. (laughs) And finally, you have Eric Decker at number nine, another Jet. And this one makes a lot of sense to me. Guy can play if he comes back from these surgeries. Not too old yet. He's going to be 30, 31. Feel like he could help someone. And that would not cost a lot again. He's He's so low on the list because you don't often see trades for a guy who's months away from being able to pass a physical. Right. I mean, he's coming off some serious injuries. I mean, a hip surgery on top of another surgery Shoulder. is no no joke. I would think if he was healthy, he would be the type of a type of guy that they could get a little something for, maybe a move down in the draft or a low pick because he's been productive and it really sounds like they are going to get rid of him because two separate Jets reporters wrote within day, within the same day of each other that they thought Decker was not going to be on the team one way or another. Right. They, they're getting that. It doesn't them. make any sense for him to be on the team. They're in a total rebuild. They actually have some nice young pieces uh, at wide receiver to try to develop. So uh, I ho- And I like Decker. Uh, that was such a fun season with him and Marshall. I hope both of them have success wherever they land. Well, one, we know. Mm. Hopefully magnanimous of you. Yeah, that shows. I, I'm not a bitter man. That's where we're stuck at. With our teams, you've got to just wish these people well as That's they go it. on to greener <laughs> pastures at this point. That's it. By the way, all those high-priced guys that the, the Jets cut, with the exception of, of Marshall, so what are we looking at? Fitzpatrick, uh, Revis, uh, Nick Mangold, um, none of them have jobs. What does that say? <laughs> well, it says a lot about last year's Jets. Um, Ryan Clady is another one. Ryan Clady is another one. 
What a, what a life. Anyway, uh, yeah, so check out Wes's piece. Wes, did you have there, you had a couple of names that were out of the top ten uh, if you want to talk about any of them. But no, they if were not, deemed, check it out. They were deemed inessential. Inessential, which means we're not going to talk about them. Uh, so check out Wes's banger. Set to land on Wednesday. Sometime. Or Thursday. I or brokered a deal where I have no deadline. Well, that's quite wow. a deal. How'd you pull that off? He's got I, Don Yee representing him. I went to my editor instead of the uh, other editor. I went to David Ely. little peek behind the curtain. Editor on editor crime. I like that positioning. Yeah. Ely works with me, you know. Look at Wes playing the game, <laughs> subtweeting people on the podcast right now, just shooting arrows through the air at intended targets that he won't name. But we all know who it is. There are some, look, there is some where there's smoke, there's fire. There's there's some real heavy duty fire on these deadlines. <laughs> Wes is playing the game, and if you don't want in on the game, get out. There's an old expression, uh, Greg. Yeah. What is it? If uh, if it's too hot in that kitchen, <laughs> skedaddle. Exit. <laughs> that's, that's catchy. <laughs> uh, all right, that's it. That's it. We'll be back on Wednesday with another show, uh, a show that I'm looking uh, – Wes just gave a peek behind the curtain. I am uh, efforting to have a, a guest come by with the draft coming up uh, on Wednesday. We'll see if we can procure this individual. Uh, if not, we'll figure it out. We'll talk about something. Jeez, I mean, we've been we talking about stuff all month somehow, so we'll continue to talk about stuff with the draft getting closer now. Sell it, baby. Very exciting times. Uh Sign up for the subreddit around the NFL. Trying to get up to 5,000. They do great work, and everybody's fun over there. Um, Greeby running that thing uh, so well. We love Greeby. Get paid to do that? Uh, Greeby, I think he takes in payment us giving 100% on this podcast. Okay. Check out Nick Fortier. Fortier? Fortier at uh, gogetmylunch.org. Check out iTunes. Go see some updated standings yep. there at gogetmylunch.org. Let's see. What else can we plug here? DVR up to the minute live on NFL Network. We'll, we're going to be doing a hit today. We usually do anywhere between one and four a week, depending on how desperate they are to fill time. <laughs> and uh, finally, go to iTunes and leave comments and star, star ratings. And we might just read them if you're not a petty jerk. That's it. Dan, did you want to give the people an update on the shield? Oh, yeah. Thank you, oh. Sid. Uh, the Shield opened the season uh, with a 27-7 to win over Oof. Barney's Beanery. An absolute shellacking. Play uh, ball! I was, as the manager of the team, I was very pleased by uh, the way that we started the season. The opponent was not the same opponent that we defeated in the finals last year, even though it was being played by the same or representing the same bar. But to me, that was a, a smaller picture thing. The big picture thing is, is that Everyone was hitting. Everybody was crisp in the field. We didn't play a sloppy game. We got pepper spray in there. Uh, Wes, your thoughts on uh, game one of the Shield, a 27-7 win. It was a best-case scenario. Best case for me being that the team we played in the championship game that rolled through the regular season last year with like a 13-1 and record, they they were a vestige of their former team. They had like Strike four, three, you're out. They had like four players left from that team, so – 
I think we broke them. We actually broke them. Yeah, it's them. the restaurant industry. Maybe all those yeah. people at Barney's, after you destroyed them in the final, in un- an unprecedented tale in the softball world, they scattered to new restaurants, new bars. My favorite part of the game is hearing from one of the members on their team that they found the article that Quan <laughs> wrote on NFL.com <laughs> talking about uh, the Shields' victory last year and passed it around amongst themselves, and they thought it was great. Their bulletin board year. material did not help them. No, they should they should refrain from bulletin board material going forward. We are my assessment, Dan, is that we are in much better shape this April than last Certainly. April. But in no way am am I using that game as a measuring stick of where we are. Ten and two. I would be thrilled to go eight and four. <laughs> Playoffs either way. Just got to get in the all you have to four. do is get into the dance. Defend the crown, baby. Nice start. Greg, were you happy? You weren't happy with your your. Yeah, I made a couple outs, you know, so uh, I'll, I'll be better. And, I, you know, if you're going to make a couple outs, do it in a game uh, where you win 27 to 7. So I'm, I'm ha- it's just good to be part of the team. Greg's part of organized harder. sports. He's a little hard on himself. That one hit that he had was a <laughs> right handed hitting version of Ichiro slapping it to the opposite <laughs> field. It was a piece. Mm. It was a piece of art, I think. Greg, if this were the Patriots, who would you be? Brandon Bolden. Well, I'm sure you're better than that. You're better than that. Very humble, Pepper Spray. Very humble. (laughs) All right, let's go. Uh, This is Dan Hansen signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, Pepper Spray, and new money behind the glass. Till Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.